Good evening. <laughs> Good Friday. It's a interesting thing to call this day that we remember the one of the best worst days in history, right? It's an interesting day. We know how it played out. And it's, we know why we call it good. What was it like that day? Maybe even as it began, as the events unfolded, what was it like to be there the first Good Friday? What was it like to be a disciple following Jesus around that day? <clears throat> when epic failure on behalf of the disciples was swallowed up by steadfast love, what was it like to be a disciple then? I'm going to attempt to take us back there and put us in that day, in those moments as a disciple. I'll speak from a disciple's perspective, from Peter. You have printed for you uh, the section in Luke 22, verse 39 to 62. I, I won't read all of that. I'll, I'll recount it for us in story form. I'll just read the last section and then walk us back through the events and glean from the other gospel accounts as well. But before you is God's word. I'll start in verse 54. Then they seized him, Jesus, and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. After an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he, had said, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. That's the word of the Lord. I'm going to pray and ask him to guide us through this time together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the fact that you gave us your son. And he stayed true to the commitment that he made to go all the way to the cross for us. Lord, we thank you for his sacrifice. We ask that it would teach us, that it would shape us, that it would cause us to fall more deeply in love with him. We ask in Christ's name, amen. Hi, I'm Peter. Maybe you've heard of me was one of those guys that followed Jesus around. I was the one that usually put his foot in his mouth. <laughs> Shoots from the hip, you know, that guy. The one that said every, the thing that everybody else was thinking. That was me. Oh, and I, I did love Jesus too. I really did. I still do. Yeah, that's me. I was the rock. I was the rock that crumbled that night. That was me. The rock, the true rock, restored me 
And we're going to talk a little bit about what happened. And I'm not going to get too far ahead because that night, that day, and how it started was quite a day. It was quite a morning. And it didn't really feel like it began. It just sort of bled over from the night before. We had had a big night the night before. We, we had Passover together with Jesus. He washed our feet, told us about the Holy Spirit coming and saying that it was better that he leave us. And we were like, what, what is this, Jesus? Why are you leaving us? We always go with you. We go where you go. You can't leave us. He even prayed for us. Oh, by the way, he prayed for all of you too that night. It was like he was getting ready for something. You could just tell. Something big was about to happen. He, he also told us that one of us would betray him. You know, of course, we're all looking around at each other like, who's it going to be? Then he told me that I was going to deny him. Now, you know me. It's like, Jesus, no, 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 no. I'll go to battle with you. I'll conquer Rome for you. I'll die for you. It's kind of funny to hear myself say that now because it's kind of the other way around, wasn't it? <laughs> he died for me. Anyways, looking back on that night, it was interesting. It was amazing to, to think about what was ahead for him. He knew what was coming, and yet he was focused on us, caring for us, praying for us, serving us, knowing what he had ahead of him. Man, it was amazing. He was thinking about us. Anyways, so... The day starts, it's still dark, the wee hours of the morning, and we're all exhausted, right? And Jesus says, let's go pray. I'm like, okay, Jesus, can we go to bed? <laughs> so let's go pray. We're going to go to our usual spot, the Mount of Olives, we're going to go pray. And he took me and the Zebedee boys, and we went into the garden. He took us a little further in. It's like, you know, cool, I feel special. He took me a little further in. And then he went on ahead of us. He said, wait here and pray. You guys pray that you will not enter into temptation. And he went on ahead. And I could tell he was, he was pretty distressed. And I'm sitting there thinking, something's happening. I don't know what's going on, but Jesus is, is distressed tonight, more so than in other occasions. But, you know, it's all right, Jesus, we'll, you know, we'll do the prayer thing here. You do the prayer thing over there and then you're going to tell us what else is happening right but I'm exhausted I'm emotionally spent I'm just physically spent and you know you, you know you go to pray at night and you just end up falling asleep well that's what happened to us I couldn't muster a word of prayer we fell right asleep me and John and James we just we fell asleep next thing I know Jesus is waking us up and he said hey guys why are you sleeping? I want you to pray. I want you to pray. And he was thinking about us in that. It wasn't like, hey, why aren't you praying? It was like, pray. You need to be in prayer. That you will not follow, follow into temptation. But he woke us up. That's when I heard the mob. As he woke us up. And as he said those words, and he asked us, he said, continue to pray, stay in prayer, that you not, do not fall into temptation. As he said that, we heard the mob coming, and we saw him off in the distance. There was Roman soldiers, 
There was uh, high priest servants. There was members of the Sanhedrin. We're like, whoa, this is not good. What's going on? And so I'm, I'm reaching to make sure I still got my sword. I had a sword that night. You know, it was f- fisherman carrying a sword, right? I had a sword on me that night. And I reached for it. I'm like, okay, well, get ready here. You know me, Peter. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to war for Jesus. So I'm holding on to my sword. And then I, I saw him at the front of the group, Judas. It's like, oh, here's the one. And I didn't know whether to weep or to attack and I guess I kind of did both that night, I think. There he was. Now the craziest thing happened, because Jesus, as they approached, as they came up, Jesus said, who, who, who are you looking for? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. And the, it was crazy, y'all. As soon as he said, Jesus said, I am he. They all backed up and fell to the ground. I was like, Whoa. That's pretty cool. And that was my moment. I seized that moment. I pulled that sword out and I swung at one of the servants. And fishermen are lousy swordsmen. All I got was his ear. But I was going to go to war. I was going to save Jesus that night. (laughs) Doesn't that sound funny? I was going to save Jesus that night. And then another thing, crazy thing happened. Because Jesus said, no, 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 Peter, put it away. He reached out to that servant, put his hand on his ear, and he healed it. Like, what's going on, Jesus? What are you doing? We're supposed to be the. We're supposed to win this thing, right? You're supposed to lead us to victory. We're winning tonight. What's going on? We're supposed to do something big. We're supposed to be the important ones. We're, we're going to take back culture. We're going to take back this nation. We're going to drive Rome out of here. Jesus, right? Isn't that what we're doing? That's, that's what I thought this was all about. We're supposed to start a movement. It was going to be great. I didn't know what it was going to look like, but I certainly didn't imagine winning by losing. It's funny because it's kind of how it happened, right? <laughs> Looking back. But at that time, you know, I thought everything was moving along. We were in Jerusalem, and things, I thought something big was happening, and I thought that big thing was that we were going to win. We were going to conquer. And there I see my best friend, my master, being led away by a mob. Everything started falling apart, and I was falling apart at that point. They took Jesus away. The disciples were scattering. Everybody was running all over the place. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So me and John, we just sort of hung back and we followed the mob, right? We just, I'm, I'm staying with him. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm staying with him. So me and John followed a little behind at a distance. And they take him to the, the palace of the high priest that night to be interrogated. John had some kind of connection with the high priest. And so they let him in and, and he got me in too. And so I went into the courtyard, and I'm keeping my head down, of course, because this mob is all in there somewhere, and I don't really want to be seen, (laughs) but I want to see what's going on. I want to see what's happening to my friend. So I follow it, walk in there, and they got a fire going, and it's cold that night, so I go and warm by the fire and just sort of hope that nobody sees me, just so I can see what's happening. And then it happened. The, the servant girl that watched the door of the courtyard, 
I saw her look over at me. I think she saw me when I came in and recognized me, and she, she looked over at me. She started walking towards me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? She knows who I am. She knows who I am. She comes up. said, this guy right here, he's, he's one of them. He's one of the Jesus followers. My blood ran cold. And I just heard myself say, woman, I do not know him. It was like an out-of-body experience. Denied my best friend, my master. So I'm just sort of in shock at that time. And I just back away from the fire and walk away and try to find a dark corner to crawl into. And so I go find a corner somewhere to hide away, but it feels like all the eyes are on me now, and I just wish I could get in a hole and, and get away. But I find a little corner of the courtyard to sit at for a little bit, but somebody else walked up. This guy walked up and said, hey, hey, this guy is definitely, he's one of them. He's one of the Jesus followers. I know him. She said he was too. That's two people. I, I He's one of them, and I, again, I, it's like fight or flight mode. I'm freaking out, and I just say, man, I am not one of them. Again, just came out of my mouth. I wish I could have crawled into a hole that night. So I walk away again. I'm, I'm looking for the door at this point. I want to just get out of this place. I want to be gone. I want to just disappear. What have I got left? As I'm trying to walk away towards the door, you know, everybody's heard my voice at this point, I think. And another guy comes up. He says, yeah, yeah, he's definitely one of them. You hear his accent. He's a Galilean. He's got to be one. You, you, you're with him too. At that point, it's total flight mode. I said, I am not one of them. And I started calling curses even down on myself. I said, God, strike me down if I'm not saying the truth, that I do not know him. I couldn't believe I was saying it. I'm just done at this point. Totally done. I could, reliving the moment now still makes my blood run cold. But that wasn't it. As soon as I finished saying all that, the rooster crowed. As soon as the rooster crowed, it was, like, it was like Jesus had all this timed out. It was like he knew what was going to happen. As soon as the rooster crowed, they were walking Jesus out of the house on to his next place of interrogation, and he grabbed my eyes. He looked at me across the courtyard, looked right at me. I was totally undone, totally undone just melted. I wept like I've never wept before. Couldn't believe I had denied everything. I feel like I lost everything. I was at the bottom. I was, the, I was supposed to be the rock. Look at me. I was crumbling like sand. Who am I at this point? Who am I going to be? I was going to die for Jesus and I can't even I wouldn't even admit that I knew him that night. I couldn't even be honest with a servant girl at the courtyard door. Now what was in that look? <laughs> Wish I could have been in Jesus' head, but I know what I had communicated to me. It wasn't a look of, I told you so. That would have been what I would have done. 
It wasn't a, I told you so. A, Look what you've done. It was none of that at all. It was none of that. It was a look that peered into the depths of my soul and said, I know every bit of you, Peter. I knew everything about you. I love you. And I'm going to continue on with the rest of this journey, the lonely road to the next place, to the next place, to the next place, to that cross. And I'm going to hang on that cross till I die for you, Peter. I was in that look. It was love. It's like, I know you. I know you. You're the rock that broke, Peter. I know. And I love you still. I love you in your epic failure. In fact, Peter, that's exactly where I wanted you to be. So you could know that I love you just because I love you. Not because of what you're going to do for me. Not because you're going to die for me or save me. I just love you because I love you. Because you're mine. It was like I needed to be brought to the point of total epic failure to see that. To know that I'm not going to save Jesus. I'm not going to conquer the world. He's going to save me. And he loves me. That was what wrecked me. That he loved me that much. After I denied my best friend and my master, he still went on. He went on. You know, you know, he could have he could have called down his legion of angels. He could have looked at me that night and said, you know what? I'm done with these people. All my people that were supposed to be with me, they've scattered, they've left me, they've denied me. I'm done. I'm calling my legion of angels and I'm getting out of here. I'm done. But where would we be today? He went. <laughs> he went to the cross. He kept going. He hung with the weight of my sin, the weight of your sin, the weight of our failures, the weight of our separation from the holiness of God, and he bore it. What about you? <clears throat> Think about your epic failure. It may have not been all at once like mine was that night, though I've had plenty of others. <laughs> Maybe it was a little failure here and there every day, and it just stacks up and stacks up and stacks up, and then you realize that, yeah, who am I? I'm a failure. I'm not going to do anything from G for Jesus. I'm not going to save myself. I'm not going to save him. What, what about your epic failure? Think of yours. I don't want to bring you down. I'm not, I don't want to invite you to just grovel in that failure. I want you to feel it and then know the same look that I got that night is the same look that you get. Jesus went to the cross for you. In that epic failure, knowing everything, knowing the depths of your soul, he went. That's what I want you to feel and know tonight. Same thing that I felt. He sees your failure in all its gritty detail, and he still went. He said, yes, I love you because I love you, and I still went to my death for you. You need to know that love comes from a real person who's still alive today, by the way. I'm not going to get too far into that. We're going to hear more about that in a couple of days. He's alive. But what do we do with it? What do we do with our failure? You know, 
Judas and I weren't really all that different. He betrayed, I denied. It's kind of the same. Self-preservation. What was different? Judas tried to fix it himself. You know, he took back that money. He felt guilt, and he tried to make it right himself. And when he realized he couldn't fix it, his pride wouldn't let repentance have its way in him. So he ended it. None of us are Judas. We're still drawing breath. Repentance had its way in me. You know, I didn't do anything right. I didn't fix anything. I just crawled back into a fishing boat. Jesus came and got me, and he restored me. He'll do the same for you. He'll do the same for you. So what will you do when you're face-to-face with your own failure? Don't cut off the opportunity for repentance and faith. Jesus sees you, and he loves you, and he restores you by what he accomplished through that death that day. Know it tonight. Now, I'm going to pray. And we're going to sing after that. We're going to sing a lament. We're going to lament our sin. We're going to lament our failures. And we're going to call out to our Savior, crying out for mercy, knowing that he gives it. It was displayed for us that day, that good Friday. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his sacrifice. Thank you that he continued the lonely walk, that lonely journey the rest of that day. And he hung on that cross. He hung to his death, carrying the weight of our sin, our epic failures so that we could see that he just loves us because he loves us, because you chose us for the, from the foundation of the world. So tonight, may we make much of Jesus and his sacrifice. We ask now in his name. Amen.